Hello, and welcome to IPHO's LIU Brooklyn Chapter Podcast. I'm your host, Pavlos, and I'm currently a third-year student in LIU's pharmacy school. LIU's chapter will be holding a podcast each semester, bringing on guests that will hopefully provide a little extra insight and resources for pharmacy students looking to go into industry. We will be covering a wide range of topics from networking, CVs, internships, fellowships, job opportunities, and more. I really hope you find this helpful. Enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Pavlos, and today I'm joined with Elon Luttinger. Elon is currently the Vice President of Medical and Scientific Services at Chameleon, which is part of the umbrella of Omnicom, with vast experiences at other pharmaceutical companies, including Valuet Health Consultancy, Johnson & Johnson, and Novartis. He graduated with his PharmD from LIU Brooklyn in 2014, with his MBA from St. John's University in 2016, and completed his postdoctoral fellowship with Daiichi Sangyo in 2016. Today, we're going to get to speak with Elon, get to know him a little bit, and so he could share some of his insight with all of us. With that, welcome, Elon. Thank you so much, Pavels. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have you here on the show as our first guest. Uh, to get started, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what was a factor in your decision to go into pharmacy school? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I have always wanted to have an impact on patients. And in the beginning, I was not sure whether that would be from a medical doctor perspective or from a pharmacist perspective. I think I landed on uh, a pharmacist degree because of the first-hand experiences I had when I went to pharmacies. And I felt like the pharmacist that I dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, provided exceptional care to their patients and, and staff and customers. Um, I decided to go to uh, LIU just because it um, was a great opportunity for me and then in my future career. Uh, throughout my academic schooling at, at LIU, I was fortunate to have involvement in many different types of, of roles, uh, including interning at CVS Pharmacy, working in a hospital, and going through my advocacy rotations at various institutions. Uh, throughout it, I knew that the impact that I wanted to have was more of a global nature and scale, that while I think that it's very important for pharmacists to have one-on-one -on -one patient interactions, um, I was willing to forego that in order to work on uh, clinical trials and work on drugs at a more higher level uh, perspective. So I ended up applying for and getting accepted to a postdoctoral fellowship at Daiichi Sankyo, uh, where I worked on numerous clinical trials and provided for me the basis for my future career. Uh, at the same time, because Daiichi was affiliated with St. John's University, I had the opportunity uh, and privilege to complete an MBA in executive management at St. John's University. And throughout it all, um, I just realized that there are opportunities for pharmacists that provide a nice expansion from retail and hospital to industry uh, consulting 
that it's a patient's work. Well, that's a, that's a great story. Yeah, a lot of, I feel like a lot of students in pharmacy school have that same kind of outlook, similar, that they want to help patients. And that's kind of one of the reasons why they end up in pharmacy school. So for our listeners, maybe you could take us through your, your career journey so far in industry, like a general overview. Yeah. So I spent two years in clinical trial research at the HE Sankyo. The way that the, uh, that role worked was the first year I was completely devoted to clinical trials. And the second year I had the ability to do fellowship rotations. So I did a number of rotations uh, within the company and also one at the FDA. The ones in the company ranged from business development and merging acquisitions to additional work in oncology. Uh, and after my fellowship, uh, I really enjoyed the oncology work. So I ended up joining Novartis Pharmaceuticals, where I spent three years in, in oncology clinical research. So approximately six months in lung cancer research, working on phase two and phase three clinical trials, and then two and a half years in immuno-oncology, focusing on CAR-T therapy. And it was a fantastic experience. And I wanted to make sure that I expanded my, my role and my impact both internally within a company, but also externally on the uh, the drug and medication landscape. So I ended up joining uh, Johnson & Johnson for work on their uh, Carvicti uh, portfolio. So at that point, it was the, the drug was not approved, uh, but I was working on a number of their phase two and phase three clinical trials. Um, at that point, I wanted to uh, use more of my business school background alongside my clinical experience, as well as my pharmacy uh, schooling. So I ended up joining a, an agency called Evaluate Health Consultancy, uh, which allowed me to combine both of my uh, interests, uh, first one being uh, pharmacy and the second one being business, into identifying opportunities and unmet needs for uh, payer customers. And then uh, after a number of years doing that role, uh, I wanted to fully flesh out my professional development by going in the direction of medical education and medical communications. So for the past year or so, I've been doing that. Okay, so it sounds like you were always following your heart and your passion. And I guess the, that came through experiences through school and through your fellowship and through your career that that's really great and I feel like a lot of students would definitely l learn from that so uh, like to go th back to like during your school days were you involved like a, a lot of students would want to know if you were involved in organizations or in some type of student leadership while you were in school to help you decide in pursuing the path of going into industry yeah I think it's a, it's a great question um, I was involved in AMCP and APHA, and then I also was part of a, a, a committee named the Scholastic Committee, and from there I developed a number of connections, uh, 
uh, one of which allowed me to participate in clinical trial research at her hospital. And I did that for about three months during my pharmacy school career. And that was the springboard and the foundation that I used to get my fellowship. Yeah, that's great because I know in our school right now, currently we have IPHO and there's other organizations like DIA. And then there's other faculty you could speak with that could help you, you know, get more understanding about industry and get to where you want to, what, what a sector you like to go into. So that brings me into my other question, which is as a pharmacy student, did you, I always wonder, did you know what type of functional area you want to go into for your in industry? Did you know a lot about industry while you were in pharmacy school? Um, I can probably admit I did not know as much as I know now. Uh, I just knew that I wanted to pursue something that I was passionate about. And at the time, uh, because I already had experience in clinical trials, that seemed like the path that I wanted to go into because I already had a solid uh, foundation uh, in that particular uh, discipline. So I ended up applying through the mid-year process to mostly those types of fellowships. And in the end, uh, having that direct experience with patients and the direct experience working with uh, clinical trial data allowed me to uh, have a solid uh, opportunity uh, for, for my future career. But if I can you know, be fully transparent, I did not know that I would end up where I am now. And I think like you said, uh, Pavels earlier, that in the end, students just need to follow their heart and their passion. And sometimes that changes. You know, right. Your passion in school can be different than your passion uh, when you first start your pharmacy, your professional pharmacy role, or during your residency, you can find out you have an interest, or during your fellowship, you can find out you have an interest, and then also pursue those particular uh, disciplines or those particular interests. Right. Me, me as well, and a lot of my classmates, when we first started our first year of pharmacy school, we definitely felt like we want to keep our options open and get to know as much as we can. And as we progressed and we started being more involved and just learning from other students and upperclassmen, we started to, myself, I started to want to go towards industry and started learning about it a lot more. So right now there's like a, the internship topic is very hot and students are really interested in going into industry. They're, they're, some of them might struggle to get one. Were you able to get an internship during pharmacy school? I actually was not fortunate enough to get an internship during pharmacy school. I think the closest that I got to an internship was working on clinical trials at a hospital. Um, but I was not, it was not a, a, a formal internship at a pharma company. But I think even if you do not have one, it's still possible and there's still opportunities to get a fellowship or a role in pharma or in the agency world. So just because you don't have one doesn't mean that you can't leverage what you already have to get to the next level. I think that as uh, competition for jobs and for postdoctoral 
work like residencies and fellowships gets more competitive, it's hard for hiring managers sometimes to justify hiring somebody with zero experience over someone that has some experience, however. So I think there is uh, some benefits to having prior experience, but without it, there is still a possibility to get to that next level. Right, because I also feel like students that don't get an internship or haven't gotten one yet, let's say, they could definitely feel down, maybe lose their hope of getting into industry post-graduation. So like you said, like you could do some type of research or be involved in some other way that could possibly help them, you know, take that next step and get a fellowship or go directly into industry. Mm -hmm. So when it comes closer to graduating, you know, you're like in your last year, a year and a half, you're thinking fellowship. When it came closer to time for you, when you were deciding uh, right before graduation, I'm sure the same debate was in your mind. What should I do? Should I do a fellowship? Should I go for a direct entry job? How did you go about that? How did you weigh those options? That's a, that's a difficult question. So I had a job in CBS lined up and there was a, you know, thinking about it from a, a student perspective, you know, I graduated with a, a good number of loans. And so that initial salary was very tempting. However, I was trying to think uh, based on my long-term happiness and long-term expectations of what I wanted. And in the end, because of uh, my interests, uh, I ended up foregoing that CVS role and going toward the, the fellowship routes. So I initially found out about fellowships probably my, for the, the latter ends of my P5 year, right before mid-year. And I had probably done a couple of months of research and, and preparation and uh, interview prep and, and CV prep beforehand. Um, but there is always an opportunity, whether your interest is fellowships or direct entry or what have you, there is always an option for you to pursue whatever interest you have. So if you do not get a fellowship, uh, direct entry, uh, or a entry level position is always an option. Right. I could definitely agree with the loans. Like uh, pharmacy school is not cheap at all, especially, you know, you're working maybe once or twice a week, you know, some students work more, some work less. And, you know, you get out of school, you want to start working right away. And that's, it's really courageous that you went for what you wanted. That's really important. And I, I feel like I would do the same thing. And probably a lot of other students would do the same thing too. And follow your passion, like we said. So now you applied for fellowships and you were thinking your interview process. Um, so what was like, what was the overall experience for you when you were going through those interviews? I think there are, are more resources available now. Uh, when I was applying, I think in 2013, um, there was less information on uh, how to prepare for these specific interviews, 
how to prepare your CV and your approach to, to interviews to more closely align with what hiring managers are looking for. So I would say that there was a lot that I had to figure out for myself. Um, although students right now are benefited by the years that have passed since that point, because now there's more material and more help available for CV slash resume review, uh, interview prep, and, and mentorship. Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like there's definitely going on a lot in, in organizations like IPHO and DIA. There's definitely PDPs that they host different uh, PDPs or just they, they get together and they start talking about CVs and they sit down and they bring guests in that could help them with those areas. So when you were going through the interview specifically, was there something that you used during your interview process that you kind of held on to as, as like your magic card, something that helped you get through this uh, the interview process? Like maybe it was a mentor in pharmacy school or upperclassman or like a previous job experience. Like you said, you did your research. I would say a lot of research I did independently. There was... I, I did leverage my clinical trial experience in the hospital a lot, um, especially for my clinical development applications. I would say that at this point, if you can get a mentor or if you can get somebody who's been through the process, uh, that's probably the, uh, the best way to know what the interview process is going to be like or uh, have a better sense of how to prepare for your fellowship or your um, professional interviewing. Uh, I would say that a lot of schools do not uh, have classes or do not have preparation for, for interviews. And it's almost like speaking a different language. So having someone lead you or having somebody mentor you or doing independent research on your own is i think essential in order for you to get to that next step i would definitely agree i i myself have reached out to uh, multiple people to try to get advice and pointers uh, even though i'm still uh, kind of far away from interview process and even applying but uh, like always just trying to stay on top of what's current and just trying to get information from previous students and faculty members and just putting that extra effort in so after you you applied for your fellowship and you and you got opportunities, a lot of students would want to know how did you decide between the fellowships that you got accepted to? Because I believe it could be a challenge on deciding which one you would want the most. You know, maybe it's one that you vibe with, or maybe you had like a specific passion for. How did you go about selecting uh, the fellowship opportunity that we you you were accepted for? Yeah. So. I had done a lot of research ahead of time uh, before applying to the fellowship. So I knew that whichever fellowship uh, I was accepted to, I would immediately want to go there because I only selected those that I had an interest in actually working at. In the end, I selected uh, Daiichi because of the overall culture that I really enjoyed um, uh, when I was there. 
and then also the vibe and the team dynamic that I saw during my interview process, as well as the reception, as well as the onsite uh, interview, I think was just the most similar to what I had envisioned for my future. Right. Yeah, because I've heard from previous uh, upperclassmen that they said that when you're getting interviewed, it's not just the them that's interviewing you. It's also yourself that's interviewing the company. So it sounds like you chose the company that you really felt comfortable with. You like the culture and you like mm -hmm. the whole experience. So that's really great. That's really great. So after accepting your fellowship with IHE, can you tell us a little bit about your fellowship, the roles and responsibilities, maybe some of the ins and outs? So I would say that the every day looked very different, but the overall responsibility was to make sure that the clinical trials were progressing and that they were uh, keeping patients' uh, safety and keeping the drug efficacy in mind. Uh, it's hard to go into clinical trial specifics, but I would say that no matter what the role is in the fellowship, whether it's marketing, whether it's uh, medical affairs, whether it's uh, paperwork or what have you, um, it's there's also an ability to take what you've learned and identify other opportunities outside of that specific discipline. So just because you worked on clinical trials or just because you worked in marketing doesn't mean that you can't apply for jobs post-fellowship in advertising and promotion or in uh, any other fields that you think would be of interest. And the, the benefit, one of the benefits of, of fellowship is that you have uh, a, a nice, uh, nicely sized uh, alumni class that you can reach out to for information or to help identify or streamline your passion, mm -hmm. but B, also the ability to uh, apply to uh, other companies and also within the company roles that you find interesting uh, and see you have the ability to discuss your passion and, and to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with higher level colleagues that you may not necessarily have had the opportunities to engage with if you had uh, come in at an entry-level position. Right. So it, it kind of sounds like things were kind of what you expected and you were able to take that and flow, flow in the industry. So after you completed your fellowship, what were your thoughts regarding my first job, you know, your experience? So when you started applying for positions for pharmaceutical companies, what were some of the actions you took to solidify getting that position as you were accepted to Novartis? So the post-fellowship process to get a, a role was, was rather difficult. There's a lot of competition. But what I did was every single day or every single week that I was in my fellowship, I made a list of my key accomplishments and my key responsibilities. And at the end of my fellowship, when I was applying to, to different jobs, I had this huge spreadsheet of uh, projects that I was proud of and things that I've done, which I can then leverage, which I was then able to leverage during my 
interview process after the fellowship. So that when uh, my interviewers asked for an example of a specific situation or asked for an example of a specific uh, project that I worked on that was of interest to me or that had impact or, you know, uh, an example of constructive criticism, et cetera, that I was able to, to think back to the list that I created and pick out a specific example for each of those questions. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I was told that also like during pharmacy school to do that as well. Anything, any projects that you make to keep them and just keep on adding them to a list or to a document. So that way, when you do progress to pharmacy school, you could use that for your interview processes or for your job opportunities, just like you did. And it seems like that never goes away. And that's really important. That's really great to hear. Exactly. So you've given us a lot of really great points here. Before you go, is there any other points that one last piece of advice? It could be anything, maybe something we haven't covered. It could be either a specific mentor or networking or school involvement that you think might help the listeners. So I would say that uh, format right now is, is a little bit competitive. So keep working to make yourself the best candidate that you can be. So whether that's working on your CV, working on your skills, working on your ability to interview, just keep working on something every single day so that by the time that you start applying for roles in your P5 or P6 year, that you'll have this huge set of transferable skills that you can communicate to interviewers. That's great. That's really great. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show, Elon, uh, and being our first guest on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to have you here with us. Best of luck as you continue through your career. And for the listeners, thank you so much for being with us. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.